among other aspects of the bill, classroom instruction on sexual orientation, gender identity, or racial bias in kindergarten through grade three, or in a manner that is not age appropriate or developmentally appropriate for children, is strictly prohibited. The committee was comprised of one elementary media specialist, one elementary administrator, one elementary teacher, one elementary parent, and one community member. The committee voted five to zero, recommended that Antango Make Three by Justin Richardson be available in all elementary, middle, and high school libraries. All right, so I told you the other day, as you well know, if you've been paying attention, that there were three books up for review this week at the Escambia County School Board. And the first one uh, was under one question set, basically, of whether it was pornographic, obscene, lewd, okay? Um, And that book they voted was, I agree with that decision, even though I recognize that that book has a lot of uh, redeeming merit in terms of giving um, gay, lesbian youth, okay, Uh, or people who are wondering if they are, anyone anyone in that category, gives them the opportunity to see characters that uh, they may not normally see in books that would make them feel like there's other people like them, okay? I recognize that. It's just that the, the strong adult content in the book makes it, unacceptable for all for that reason and illegal frankly to have in a classroom i sorry not in a classroom but to have in a library under the law these two books tango makes three and when aiden becomes a brother completely different question these are children's books these are books that have nothing like that in them there's no strong sexual i mean it's just they're they're books that if you if you read them and you weren't particularly paying attention to the plot and the themes they would seem like any other children's book to you, any book that you might read to a four or five or six-year-old, okay, in terms of the visual presentation. And I've read both of these books, by the way. Um, uh, I didn't have a chance to read the other one, but I did read these ones. And so Michelle White, who is the uh, media services uh, coordinator for the Scambia County School District, she says, look, we have a board that looked at this, like you do, um, which is made up of, um, it's it's five people. It's a, a community member, a parent who's got a kid in the, in, in the grade school, um, a media services person, an administrator, and a teacher from that grade level. That's who looks at these books. And they voted five to zero to keep this one. This is the book about the penguins. This is the book about, which is basically a true story. Um, there may be some elements of it that are, you know, pushed in a certain direction, but basically the story is true where you had the penguins, you know, in a zoo, uh, two male penguins that basically couple up and uh, they watch these other penguins, you know, raising eggs and hatching, you know, little baby penguins. And they kind of practice putting stones and then all of this. And some of the, by the way, some of the penguins are not good at this. And, uh, you know, some, you know, Let's call them heterosexual penguins. Uh, they don't do so well at this task, and uh, they might hatch, they might have an egg, but then they don't care for it very well. And so, what the zookeepers will do is they'll give a like a test egg, a fake egg, to penguin couples and find out are they doing the right things. And it turns out that the two male penguins did a really good job of you know nurturing the. It will never hatch because that's the point is you don't want to try it on a real egg. And so then they give them a real egg and it actually hatches. And okay, so that's kind of the background fact pattern of that story that this children's book is based on. And as she says, they voted five to zero to keep this in all grades. Then there was conversation and it was the very standard conversation between the people who uh, believe that homosexuality is wrong and they don't want this book in the grade schools or anywhere else. And the people who think that homosexuality is perfectly fine and they want this book and think that it's lovely and kind and, you know, a, a, a children's book. This book then goes to, and, you know, I would play you maybe some of the clips of the people, but there was something really weird in the video. Like, the um, the commentary from the public was super glitchy and skippy, and it just doesn't sound good. And, frankly, the arguments were repetitive, and we've talked about a lot of them to a degree yesterday. 
Um, but this is, you know, this is a book that, again, I think your basic reaction here is if you think that, uh, you know, kind of LGBT things are good, normal, fine, you're going to think this book is fine. If you think those things are wrong, disordered, inappropriate, you're going to think the book is inappropriate, wrong, and disordered. That's it. Um, very emotionally compelling and captivating book. Certainly capitalizes on portraying gay penguin love as normal, healthy, even admirable. Okay. Um, lifelong mating habits of penguins are a good pretext here because that's something we're all kind of background familiar with. And what it makes you think is, you know, gosh, how wonderful and simple and natural it is to have a world in which relationships like this are treated as healthy and not discouraged. And the zookeeper is in, you know, thinks it's great and wonderful. And again, it's basically your reaction. This is going to be your reaction to the kind of the idea of gay relationships and gay marriage. And also, look, when I read a book like this, you know, it's true that gay men at some point, which is, you know, it's a gay male book, obviously, you know, lesbians might be a slightly different scenario, but not much, um, often feel very terrible about the fact that they cannot make their own children and wish they could and regret the fact that that's a byproduct of their orientation or their choices or whatever you want to say in that realm. Okay. And, uh, you know, there are certainly times also where two fathers um, are capable of being a very healthy family environment for children. Um, and, and some heterosexual couples are horrible. <laughs> I mean, that's, you know, that's just a, some homosexual couples are horrible and many heterosexual couples are fantastic. I mean, just, these are all facts, right? I don't think there's any real quibble about these facts. And feeling alienated from your species must feel awful. It's not really much portrayed in this book, but feeling like you're on the outside is... See, sometimes we don't acknowledge the things that we feel are, you know, uncomfortable for our perspective on a topic. You have to, in order to be fair. I think you have to. Um, on the other hand, you know, I personally, you know, my viewpoint on this, I have issues with the basic plot theme of normalizing these relationships as being equal perfectly the same as admirable as any other kind of relationship, right? I mean, there's all kinds of backdrop to this, but should the book be in the library? That's the question. Should the book be in the library in a culture in which we disagree about the underlying ethical question, whether these relationships are every bit the same and value and ethical acceptability as other relationships? That's the question. And should it be there for children? So Bill Slayton, he moves to Mr. Chairman, I move that the board support the committee's recommendation on Antango Makes Three to remain in the elementary school libraries. Second. So Patty Hightower, who was on remote because she was sick, and Bill Slayton both say, keep the book at every grade level. Kevin Adams. Been challenged and banned countless times. Heck, American Library reported it was the most frequently challenged book and the second most frequently challenged and it says it's the fourth most banned book in there. So I started wondering why. So I went to the authors and started watching their interviews. And it is targeting K-Pi students. Okay? Just like some of your speakers came up here and we're saying uh, almost the same thing. So the authors, and we'll see it really in this next book. That guy's really aggressive on targeting many different books to the K-5. So uh, for that reason... Um, I'm going to be voting no against it. So he says it's uh, ideological. It's advancing an agenda, and it's advancing an agenda for young children, an agenda that he does not agree with. And then the question is, does it violate state law? Well, it's not a classroom instructional material, so state law doesn't really apply here. 
Right. The, the, the first question is, if the book were teaching K through third grade students about sexual identity and orientation, you'd have to remove it because you can't have that as instructional material. Then there's the question of, well, what if it's in the library? Well, the library is on instructional materials, and so the law just doesn't really apply to that. But you might still say as a school board member, uh, is it advocating, is it teaching or expressing a, a support for certain sexual orientation or identity or behavior kinds of practices, and is it aimed for young children? It, it is light, yeah, clearly, okay, it is light, but not, you know, <laughs> again, it's a, it really is a book that's meant for young children, so the, you know, sort of explicit content just doesn't exist but the penguins are affectionate and the penguins are males and that much is made very obvious and you know they can be a healthy happy natural family with the penguin that they raise and all this kind of stuff not to blow the ending for you <laughs> it's you know not, it's not it takes six you know six minutes to read it maybe something like that then david williams uh school district board three yeah this was a very tough decision for me um reading the book <clears throat> But um, the, the fascination, when I look at it, the fascination is still on that. It's, uh, it's two male penguins um, raising a chick. And most people that came up and spoke were talking about the, that fascination. Uh, so I'll be voting to uh, remove the book from, from our libraries. Because the key thematic element or the key plot content is over homosexuality among penguins. Okay, and so he says no. So then the question is, you know, Paul Fetzko, what would he do? And he told this very interesting story about having had the book read to him 10 years ago by a kindergarten teacher. And, you know, but the book, when the teacher read it, she changed it and she didn't include anything that would be sort of relationally objectionable or sexual whatsoever. And he thought the book was great because it was all about kindness and compassion and nurturing and those sorts of things. He was actually surprised when he had to come back and read the book now for the ruling to find out that it had the other kind of pro-gay elements in it. And so he said, yeah, that's the problem. Um, that gives me pause because giving that to a child without adult guidance uh, when they go and seek it out in the library on their own initiative, uh, I don't think that's a good thing. And therefore he votes against. So it winds up being a 3-2 vote against keeping this book. And I would probably be in that camp, but I will tell you that even though, you know, I, my personal beliefs about that content, I, I just, it's not a book you ought to have without parents around because it deals with those issues. That to me is, the, that's the question. Is it explicit? Of course not. Is it charming if you accept, it's charming even if you don't accept the premise. That's kind of the point of stories is sometimes they can be charming and winsome even if you disagree with them. In fact, that's a lot of times the point because it's meant to show you or try to teach you or enlighten you or expand you to, you know, question your own premises about something. And that, I think, is fine for older students. In fact, one of the things I was surprised at with this book is Paul, uh, Patty Hightower and Bill Slayton didn't make a motion to adjust so that maybe it would be available to high schoolers. Now, I don't think high schoolers are typically going to read this book, but I don't think there'd be any objection to letting high schoolers have this book in their library, um, not for grade schoolers, but for high schoolers. And so precisely because if a book like the uh, Not All Boys Are Blue might be maybe acceptable, good Lord, this one has to be <laughs> at the older ages and maybe even for middle school 
or maybe for middle school opt-in, which is one of the alternatives. So I was surprised that they just moved to ban it entirely and didn't consider keeping it for slightly older students, uh, maybe with the opt-in at the middle school. That would seem to satisfy everybody because it would be available to middle schoolers, but not available to the ones who don't, you know, their parents don't want them to opt in for it. Anyway, so they didn't make that choice. They just chose to remove it again on a 3-2 vote. 522 on News Radio 92.3. I'm Andrew McKay. At Mucinex, we don't believe in cold and flu season. We only believe in comeback season, which starts with 12-hour relief. Just one dose of Mucinex DM provides 12 hours of relief for cough and chest congestion day or night. That's three times longer than those four-hour cough liquids. So say goodbye to cold and flu season and hello to comeback season with Mucinex DM. Nothing lasts longer among over-the-counter cold and cough medicine. Get relief that lasts with Mucinex DM. Use as directed. VIP Care is bringing better health to the Pensacola community February 27th and 28th. Both days they'll be on hand at the University Town Center from 9 a.m. till noon, where they'll have giveaways, raffles, and we'll be answering all of your primary care questions. VIP Care specializes in primary care for Medicare Advantage members. They proudly accept Florida Blue Medicare, as well as most insurance plans in the county. Come see VIP Care February 27th and 28th. You deserve better health. Hello, this is Joe Cordell. Cordell & Cordell is a firm that practices family law exclusively. We focus on only one area of the law to maximize our strength and effectiveness as advocates for clients that have everything on the line, their homes, savings, and most importantly, their children. We're the partner our clients count on. For matters in Tennessee, visit CordellCordell.com. 200 West Martin Luther King Boulevard, Suite 1000, Chattanooga, Tennessee, 37402. No representation is made that the quality of legal services to be performed is greater than the quality of legal services performed by other lawyers. Stream us online at newsradio923.com or download the News Radio Pensacola app. So forget any ideas you got about lost cities, exotic travel, and digging up the world. We do not follow maps to buried treasure, and X never, ever marks this spot. God. <laughs> The goal is to just put a little smile on your face. Hope that worked. 525 here on News Radio 92.3. Or that last story. Oh, well. That's my scowl. <laughs> yeah, but I made up for it with the Grandmaster and Mel yeah, Mel, right? Yeah, see Fair enough. Uh, David Wayne is in the newsroom this morning on News Radio 92.3 with our headlines. David? President Biden now back in the U.S. after his visits to Ukraine and Poland just days before the anniversary of Russia's invasion. Of course, Biden met with Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, also visited uh, Poland. New homeowners getting a little bit of help from the federal government. The Biden administration cutting mortgage insurance fees to help more Americans become homeowners. The uh, change was announced yesterday and is estimated to save 850,000 low and middle income and first time home buyers an average of $800 on their home financing costs and Spotify rolling out a new feature that uses artificial intelligence to mix your music. Spotify announced the uh, beta rollout of DJ on Wednesday. They say uh, it it features a selection of songs you might like based on data. Now, you might be thinking, well, they've had this for a long time, but it also includes an AI commentator that sounds like a radio DJ. Of course it does. I don't think I like this. Of course it does. I don't like the direction this is headed. We're a year out. We're we're a year out. Oh, is it owned by iHeart? 
just real quick, just a quick question or cumulus. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, I'm not oh, sure. Oh, I'm sorry. Their DJs are really deep, here in town. Deep. Oh, that's what I thought. They're that, not. Oh, okay. Well, let's try calling them for a request. That's a deep cut. Oh, that's okay. one's going to leave a lot of marks. I know. Some stations don't even play their own news. <laughs> Quote, unquote, news. Okay, bye. <laughs> wow. Way to go, I'm Candy. I'm I like I see it. Yeah. I see it. This is great. I share I your heart. angst. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Well, can I, can I say it this way and, and hope it's true? Some of us are harder to replace than others. And some are <laughs> easier to replace Absolutely. than others. I know. And uh, I would say this. If, if, you, if you worry about whether you're easy to replace, maybe start a little additional job training. 527, you know, do something that a computer would never be able to do, like drive a truck. We should go ask all oh, our DJs. Oh, wait. Wait. Can't. Dang it. <laughs> You know, learn, learn to do something that a, com- that, a, that a computer robot would never be able to do, like, you know, serve food at a restaurant. Dang it. Okay. All right. Here we go. 527 on News Radio 92.3. I go into sales, kids. Oh, yeah. No, because a computer, a computer will never be able to do sales. Dang it. Oh. Yeah, I'm totally apprehensive about the future. I really, really am. Not, not in the, like, you know... The AI is going to kill us all. I just think the AI is going to be like, um, we're better. <laughs> that worries me a lot. 437-1620, Um, Oh, did you happen to catch this? So Andrea Mitchell, who at one point in her career was a very, very good news lady. It really was. But she is now just, uh, you know, she's like so many others. She goes to MSNBC or she's CNN now. I cannot remember. I guess MSNBC. And um, like Jake Tapper, great newsman. And then all of a sudden he gets a gig at, you know, at CNN and it's just, no, not anymore. So she was talking to Kamala Harris on Monday, said this. Let me ask you, what does Governor Ron DeSantis not know about black history and the black experience when he says that? By the way, what what an unbelievably loaded question, okay? What does Governor DeSantis not know about, about black history, Madam Black Vice President? Okay, but she goes on. Slavery and the aftermath of slavery should not be taught to Florida school children. Oh, my God. He never said this. He doesn't believe this. It's actually by law required to teach it, right? And then Kamala Harris gives her answer, which isn't really the point. I don't know what he knows and what he doesn't know, but I know this. And, it, you know, goes on to talk about how it's it's important to teach these things. And you have to understand your experience. Okay. So the DeSantis folks are like, you lied. That's a lot. That is a falsehood. That is defamatory. Maybe. See how come some of this is relevant to the stuff that's going on in our news conversations? Um, and they say, you should apologize because he doesn't believe that. And state law requires the teaching of these things. So she goes on yesterday, on, uh, yesterday and she issues the, le- the weakest apology ever. And a postscript. In my interview last Friday with Vice President Harris, I was imprecise in summarizing Governor DeSantis's position about teaching slavery in schools. Imprecise. Governor DeSantis is not opposed to teaching the fact of slavery in schools, but he has opposed the teaching of an African-American studies curriculum, as well as the use of some authors and source materials that historians and teachers say makes it all but impossible for students to understand the broader historic and political context behind slavery oh and God. its aftermath in the years since. She can't even do the apology right. You know, the she makes it sound like what he wants to be sure is that you don't have any context to understand slavery and Jim Crow. Good Lord, none of that was the objection to the AP African American Studies program either. Like, you try to walk back the lie and you wind up making another lie. It's unbelievable. So NBC is on ban list for DeSantis right now until they apologize.
Fox News. I'm Chris Foster. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg is in East Palestine, Ohio today to meet with people affected by a train derailment and chemical spill and to get an update on the investigation and cleanup. Former President Trump met with officials there, donating a stockpile of cleaning supplies and water. To show our love and support for our fellow Americans and this hour of need. Also promising to return if the federal government and Norfolk Southern Railway doesn't do their part. Fox's Jeff Manasso. There's intelligence reported by the Wall Street Journal that China may be considering resupplying Russian weapons for the war in Ukraine. The Biden administration is reportedly considering releasing that intelligence ahead of Secretary Antony Blinken's address to the U.N. Security Council Friday. Meanwhile, China's top foreign policy advisor was in Moscow as Russia's foreign ministry says it, quote, welcomes China's readiness to play a positive role in resolving the Ukrainian crisis. Fox's Sean Langell. America's listening to Fox News. Good morning, cloudy and 72. It's News Radio 92.3. I'm David Wayne. There's renewed calls now for the Escambia County School District to go back to the way things used to be. You make the decision. You hire the gentleman. Please make the right decision. Do an evaluation. See where the disconnect is. And please help us get it on a referendum to go back to an elected superintendent. That was former Escambia County Commissioner Wilson Robertson during Tuesday night's school board meeting. Board member Kevin Adams says he plans to bring a resolution uh, on a referendum to next month's board meeting. Superintendent Dr. Tim Smith spoke out about the criticism that he has received. It concerned me that I heard a number of people say they want me accountable to them. We, we have this temptation of this me generation of what's, what's in it for me as instead of what's in it for the betterment of our community. And I was sitting there thinking, I, I'm not going to be accountable to you. I'm going to be accountable to kids because that's why I'm here. And Smith says he's not surprised by a resolution coming forward, but disappointed. An inmate charged for a murder that happened at the state prison in Santa Rosa County. According to jail jail records, 41-year-old Lakeland native Angel Velez was booked on second-degree murder charges yesterday. So far, no details about the incident at the Santa Rosa Correctional Institution or about the victim have been released, although we do know the state is investigating. One suspect in custody charged with multiple counts of murder for allegedly killing a woman and a TV news reporter that was covering the story. It began with a woman being killed in the streets. Then, hours later, the same suspect allegedly opened fire on a TV news crew that was covering the story. From there, the gunman entered a home, shooting a woman and her nine-year-old child. No one in our community, not a mother, not a nine-year-old, and certainly not news professionals, should become the victim of gun violence in our community. Sheriff John Mina says the nine-year-old died. Her mother and the TV photographer last listed in critical condition. The suspect is Keith Moses, a 19-year-old now charged with multiple counts of murder. Rory O'Neill, Orlando. Alabama hospitals are apparently losing money. Kaufman Hall & Associates released a study this week that shows hospitals in the state have lost $1.5 billion over the last three years. That's since the COVID pandemic started. Around a $700,000 loss was reported last year. An increase in salaries and drug prices are the leading cause. It is 534 News Radio 92.3. Let's get a look at our Channel 3 forecast. 
Maybe. Hold on. Here we go. Channel 3 forecast, take two. Beautiful and warm day out there today with temperatures warming up near 80 degrees. Small chance of a stray shower with a 20% chance of rain overall. Overnight tonight, temperatures stay warm with lows in the upper 60s. For Friday, 10% chance of a stray shower, otherwise mostly cloudy, high near 80 degrees. Friday night, temperatures dropping near 67. This is Brooke Richardson from the First Morning Weather Center. Thank you, Brooke. It is 72, mostly cloudy in Pensacola, 70 in Gulf Breeze, and 72 in Milton. Our next news at 6, breaking news anytime. News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. What is News Radio 92.3? Informative, local, and dependable news from WEAR-TV and the News Radio News team. Informative, local, and dependable talk with Andrew McKay, Jenna Barr, and Bobby Rossi. Informative, local, and dependable traffic with traffic on the fives during your morning and afternoon drive. Informative, local, and dependable weather. Informative, local, and dependable coverage of breaking news and when disasters strike. That's what News Radio 92.3 is. Informative, local, dependable. Hi, I'm Billy Anderson with Anderson Subaru in Pensacola. If you're driven by an adventurous heart, you're in luck because the redesigned 2023 Subaru Outback shares your spirit. The Outback can take you as far as you want to explore with standard symmetrical all-wheel drive. And Subaru's estimated highway fuel economy for non-turbo 2023 Outback models is up to 32 miles per gallon. And comparing information from competitors' website, the Outback has more ground clearance than Honda CRV or Toyota RAV4. So you can take on the path less traveled with ease. And when experienced automotive studied vehicles in operation versus total new registrations, they found that 97% of Outback vehicles sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today, which means you can explore your world with confidence. The 2023 Subaru Outback. Go where love takes you. Anderson Subaru, Highway 29, just north of Car City, Pensacola, online at andersonsubaru.com. Anderson's got a Subaru for you. Actual mileage may vary. Clearance comparisons as of June 2022. Experian data for model years 2012 to 2021 as of December 2022. Have you been thinking about getting fit but don't know where to start? Why not start at Running Wild? Running Wild specializes in fitting every person to the proper shoe, apparel, and training designed for their unique needs. An essential resource to the community on all things fitness related, Running Wild takes pride in serving, teaching, and encouraging customers to reach new goals. Start your fitness journey with the experts at Running Wild in Pensacola and Fairhope. Follow on Facebook or shop online at werunwild.com. Hey, this is Dr. Ben McMillan. I do a show on the Pensacola Expert Panel. We talk about your health problems. Let me educate you about the Activator Method of Adjusting, which offers a safe and effective alternative to traditional manual adjustments. So whether you've been hurt in a car accident or have been suffering from back or neck pain, chiropractic care could be your solution and not just a temporary fix. Join me tomorrow on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. When you listen to News Radio 92.3 on Saturdays, you get the Garden Line Encore at 9. At home with Gary Sullivan at 10. Swan Capital at 1. Let's go Pensacola at 4. on the seventh floor are closed for air quality evaluation so all of us are working from home uh, the myself and the two assistant city attorneys and our three legal assistants were available obviously by email and cell phone so hopefully we'll get that resolved this week 
That's the voice of city attorney for the city of Pensacola, Charlie Pepler, talking about City Hall, where the seventh floor of the mayor's office is uh, at, had at the time of the agenda conference on Monday was closed due to air quality issues. So that was the first thing that I asked uh, Mayor D.C. Reeves about when we talked to him yesterday. Mayor, welcome back to the Pensacola Morning News, sir. Yeah. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, what's going on with City Hall? Yeah. So um, we were uh, waiting to make an announcement based on on getting our you know final uh, checks and results. So I, I don't want to speak to what those are officially, but um, you know we had some we had issue uh, we were made aware of on the first floor and kind of in the back on the Pensacola Energy side um, that they noticed some mold. Again, you know we're talking about a pretty old building. Um, so of course we jumped into action, took a, an abundance of um, precautions, um, you know, get, got our uh, 11 employees or so out of there on the first floor, tested it. Um, and then there were some, some complaints from, uh, the city attorney's office, um, uh, that, that, it, you know, coughing and some other things like that, that, uh, they emailed us. So of course we were going to treat it the same way. Um, we were of course in the midst of testing the entire building, uh, already because of the first floor, um, and so I don't want to speak to, you know, we'll, we'll announce um, when we have that, those official test results back because we want to get in front of that. But ultimately, you know, we feel um, um, good about where we are uh, right now in terms of the air quality and the testing that, we, that we've done. So that it's, these are isolated incidents. So okay. uh, that, that have not had any long-term impact. But again, okay. you know, more to come. Um, you know, we'll get that announced and out there. And, and, and as soon as it's cleared, work. as soon as the testing clears back to work as normal, but, you know, out of an abundance of caution, what you see. And, you know, I, I can see why that would make sense. Um, one of the things um, and, and you and I actually had a really interesting conversation at the um, the parade on Saturday. And I, I you know, for the people who didn't get to hear that because it's just you and me, um, we were talking, for example, about American magic and about, you know, what the city's vision is of the value of having American magic here and where the money is going to come from and how this is going to be a benefit for the city. Yeah, absolutely. And and that's what's really exciting about it is that, you know, we, we can just talk about the nuts and bolts things, how we measure, right, which is the number of, of jobs that directly, you know, between 120, 150 jobs that a permanent home for American Magic would bring. Um, and that's great. Um, you know, we, but really, when you start to think about, uh, of course, there's the indirect jobs first, let me say that, um, of, you know, when there's more sailing happening here and then more regattas come. And, and the, the intangible thing that can happen with something like this is it's a, I consider really this a once-in-a-generation opportunity for the city in the fact that, you know, we're not going to get a professional sports franchise in Pittsburgh, Florida, you know, as much as big a sports fan as I am. This is probably the closest thing well, we could ever get, which would allow us to say we're the sailing capital of the United States of America, you know, that the, the most invested in, most expensive, fastest boat in the United States um, called Pensacola Bay home. And so, you know, there's those things where, again, you can't put, put on a triumph grant today or on a piece of paper. That, but, you know, when once you plant that flag, the impact that that could have. You know, every again, every regatta wanting to come, every race, people wanting to come down and see it, um, and just the potential domino effect that that this kind of organization saying this is the best body of water in America for us to train on uh, goes a long, long way in ways that you really can't tangibly calculate. And so, 
Um, so that's why we're really trying to seize opportunity here. This is not something that gets, knocks on our door every three years. <laughs> this is uh, something that we want to you know, make sure that we see to the finish line. There is also a part of me. <laughs> now, I know the, you know the mayor's office is nonpartisan, but there is a part of me that as a Republican is thinking about whether DeSantis runs for president in 2024. And if yes, uh, I can see the ad now. Like, people are not just driving here from New York. They are literally sailing away from New York to Florida for freedom. <laughs> if, if you're asking me if the opportunity for the governor to take uh, a, a, a sailboat that flies the flag of the New York Yacht Club out of Newport, Rhode Island, and move it to Pensacola, Florida, uh, if that if that idea has lost on me, you'd be wrong. But, <laughs> um, you know, again, that's, uh, that's poli- politics at the state level, and we certainly have, um, you know, made our request in terms of, uh, you know, the funding that we think we've got to raise. Uh, we have, uh, I was in Tallahassee last week meeting with some of the governor's staff, and, um, you know, we, we shared the, some of the things, same things I'm sharing with you about the potential value of Pensacola, that's for sure. Absolutely. We're talking to D.C. Reeves. Uh, Mayor, the other thing that you and I talked about is this Amtrak business. And look, I've said this on the air. Uh, I said it to you. I don't get it. I don't get it. It just it, it you know, it seems like a novelty that not an awful lot of people are really going to wind up using, uh, you know, public money, it, even if it's not our money, is still money that comes from us in a way. And I'm 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 just kind of befuddled by the whole thing, but I know you see it very differently. Why are you so passionate about trying to bring Amtrak here? Yeah, look, I mean, the way you posed it to me on Saturday, you know, well, why? And and I I kind of counter and say, well, why not? Given the circumstances uh, that we are talking about, which are important to point out, um, you know, again, the sixty-six billion dollars coming from the federal government that are earmarked for the passenger rail, and you know, understand, I, I think. This, even at the state level, at whatever state subsidy is going to happen, you know, the mentality I think has changed even with the governor um, that it's not necessarily where like, like it was in Rick Scott days. It's a, he would say, you know, that, that federal money, we're just going to send it back. I think, you know, the, the tact here, what I hear from legislators is we understand this is already earmarked for passenger rail. It's either going to go to, to areas like ours or it's going to go to another area. This is not, you know, this is not going to lead to an additional refund. Um, to someone who paid federal taxes, and so when you give, given that fact that that, that it's, it is in essence spent, um, you know, on this topic as well as the other most important fact in my mind is that any money that would be put up would be 80-20 federal money. So, um, so for us, as I've said, you know, this is we're going to take a uh, very calculated look at this moving forward. You know, you'll you'll never find me saying we're definitely bringing rail here. Uh, we just – this is the time to look at it because of the funding mechanism. Um, and, and look, we're a different area than we were 20 years ago. I mean to even say, well, you know, here's what happened with Amtrak. There were a lot of issues with Amtrak. It wasn't running on time. Um, and, I mean we rolled up the sidewalks for the most part in 2004, 2005, 5 o'clock downtown. Um, we are, certainly aren't the tourist destination that we are now. Um, and so – there's just I, – I, again, I, I go back to why not? It, it, it costs us nothing to look at this, to analyze it, and the first step is to get this half a million from FRA, and that's exactly what we do with it is we say, okay, well, you know, what, what infrastructure upgrades need to happen to the rail to make it work? Um, you know, and you know, what kind of study do we need to do? Um, and what's the bottom line ticket item? You know, how much money are we going to have to go to the state for or it would have if, – if any – uh, coming up locally, those are all things that no one has, no human being on this planet has the answer to yet. And so, 
you know, that's why I say, in a way, it's a little bit of house money right now to just say, hey, let's get half a million dollars. Let's figure out if this makes sense. And there could be a time I jump on this radio show and say, hey, we've been running numbers and it doesn't make any sense for us to do this. Um, but no one has that answer yet. And that's so that's what I'm passionate about is is to seize opportunity when we have it and to um, to see if it works for us. In other words, it right now, based on the structure of the money that's available, and again, as you said, it's spent money. Um, we're wanting, we just want to look and see if it makes sense for us, because right now is the best deal it's ever going to be, and if it doesn't make sense now, it's never going to make sense under other circumstances. Exactly let's right. let's find Five out. Years from now, I mean, we're, it's a non-starter. Okay, yeah. all right. And I'm I'm interested to see how this turns out, and you know, the whether we go to the west or go to the east, you know, uh, like towards Tallahassee, Jacksonville, that kind of thing. Uh, I'm interested in seeing all that come to fruition as well. Uh, we always like to end on a bit of a lightning round, so quick questions designed to get us to know uh, Mayor DC Reeves a little bit better. Do you have a favorite iconic movie artificial intelligence villain, like the computer gone awry that scares you the most? Oh, man. Um, well, I mean, just from my upbringing, when you just described that, of course, I, I think of the Terminator just from, <laughs> because of my right. age at the time. But uh, I'm, I'm aging myself, I guess. No, but, that's uh, – uh, that, 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 you know, I, I told you, but tech movies, man, I'm watching football. No, I know. So that's fair. That's fair. Um there is um there's a road, okay, a big road that Cervantes turns into, and uh, it it goes towards a city named Mobile. Of course, when we're talking on a phone, we call it a mobile phone. Um, how do you pronounce the name of that road? Oh, I say Mobile Highway. Okay, all right. Uh, <laughs> Is that correct? I was. It's the kind of question that once you ask people, suddenly they're not too sure what they think. Myself included. Um, do you when you're when you're cooking spaghetti at home? Do you break it before you put it in the pot? Yeah, used to not. Now I am. I'm a. I'm a definitely fifty fifty breaker. A fifty fifty. Uh, yeah, oh, not a not a third. Not a thirds. Okay. All right, we're we're thirds in our house, my wife and me as well. And last question is National ah. Margarita Day, and as a former bar owner, former bar owner, are you rocks, frozen, or some other variation? Uh, man, it's look. If I'm if we're not count, if you didn't say anything about calories, so I mean, I'm just gonna go frozen just because. I mean, it's just too good. You know, I mean, <laughs> Florida climate on the beach. I mean, there's it's hard to beat, but you know, I don't have too many of them since so I can watch my figure. But, I gotcha. Uh, but man, you can't beat a frozen mug. Air conditioning in your hand, I think we call it. All right, well, DC Reeves, he is the mayor of Pensacola. We look forward to the the city council meeting tomorrow night and talking to you again next week, sir. Thanks for the time. I always appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course. 549 on News Radio 92.3, informative, local, dependable. I'm Andrew McKay. It's Pensacola Morning News. And if you're thinking about whether you want to sell your home, look, get good advice. And go ahead and get input from a couple different people. That's fine. Just make sure one of those people is Christina Leavenworth and her team at Leaven Rinky Realty. And here's why. Look, they will give you or she will give you just honest advice. I know because she's talked to people and kind of after talking with them says, I don't think you'll be happier selling your home. I think you'll be better keeping it. Because she knows that's the point. Like, if you just set out to help people and give them good information, and then if they do decide to sell, you're going to make them the most money you can, then you're doing right and you're helping them. And she takes that very seriously as if it's, you know, her own home. Like, she kind of, I know she kind of, you know, is so focused on selling homes. Like, she treats it like it's her own house. Like, it bothers her. If it's, you know, it's been two days, why isn't it sold? You know, like, she's so motivated. She says she'll sell your home in 30 days or you won't pay her a commission. No seller's fees. I'm, it's pretty good, right? Why? Because she knows she can. 
Okay, because she knows she can. In the hot market, you know, uh, it might feel like anybody can, but she does it better. And then in a cool market like now, you really need the help because she will make sure you get the best money for your home. Uh, she's got people who are looking and waiting, like on a list right now, looking for homes. She's also got people with cash offers. If you're willing to go a little bit lower, but you want to act fast, like that's motivating to you, she can take care of that. So whatever the case is, or if you just want, you know, perspective, like what's the market doing? Christina Leavenworth and her folks at Leaven Rinky Realty, 723 9158. Advertising, marketing, digital marketing. These are words you hear a lot about in today's world, but what exactly do they mean? How do you get started? Where do you get started? You can start by tuning in to the Pensacola Expert Panel today at 9. Join me, Tasca King, and I'll tell you how to navigate the changing and fast-growing landscape of digital advertising. That's today at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. The Pensacola Expert Panel, 9 to 11 weekdays on News Radio 92.3 AM 1620. Trying to find a great steak for dinner? At Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, you'll find a selection of specialty and exotic meats from choice to Wagyu. Great briskets, pork, and all the seasonings to go with it. All cut to order at Costello's. From fine wine to cheeses and desserts, even boar's head lunch sandwiches made fresh from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. And free lunch for the kiddos, too. So for the best meats, top deli items, and Italian family hospitality, it's got to be Costello's Butcher Shop and Deli, a great place to meet up and wine all you want on the west side of Pensacola. The Mobile Boat Show opens March 3rd with all the new 2023 boat models and brands in one place for easy comparison shopping. One weekend only at the Mobile Convention Center. It's the biggest indoor show on the Gulf Coast with the best prices of the year on new boats, accessories, tackle, and more. Whether you fish the Gulf or cruise the bay, you'll find a boat that fits your budget. The Mobile Boat Show is the place to find all you need to get out on the water. And it's fun for the whole family. March 3rd through 5th at the Mobile Convention Center. The cooler weather in Pensacola is a great time of the year for gardening. Whether it's planting roses, planting shrubs and trees and cool weather color, and of course, planning for spring. This is Mike Wiggins. If you've got gardening questions, we've got answers on the News Radio Garden Line every Tuesday morning at 9 on the Pensacola Expert Panel. And if you miss us on Tuesdays, then catch the Encore Edition every Saturday morning at 9. Sponsored by Pensacola Hardware, Blue Sky Landscaping, and Barnes Feed Store. Dependable traffic on the fives with local news at the top and bottom of each hour on News Radio 923. Informative, local, dependable. Look at me. Just me by my size, do you? Hmm? Hmm. And where you should not. For my ally is the force. And the powerful ally it is. That cookie monster's deep these days, huh? <laughs> As soon as I'm playing, I'm like, oh, I should save that one for tomorrow. Oh, it's Pentagon, right? Oh. But, you know. Oh, they're right. in town today. Pentagon officially I, starts tonight. I guess that's true. Yeah, yeah. it's packet pickup. Everybody's partying. And you get to see all these weird famous people right in front of you. I know. And it's you're creepy. like talking to them and they're normal and they don't have a, you know, big screen between you. You know, it's kind of different, My right? My face looks like this the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> it's I don't true. say anything stupid. 437 <laughs> That's the phone number. I'm Andrew McKay. That's Candy. Candy. David Wayne is in the newsroom with our headlines. David? China now being warned against providing lethal aid to Russia in its invasion of Ukraine. The Pentagon says China would face consequences should they provide support to the Kremlin. 
R. Kelly will be sentenced in his federal case in Chicago today. The singer found guilty in September on three counts of producing child pornography and three counts of enticing a minor. Faces up to 90 years. And archaeologists in southern France say they found evidence of a bow and arrow that was used over 54,000 years ago. A study was published Wednesday in the journal Science Advances. The team of scientists say they found 300 tiny arrowheads in a cave in the Rhone Valley in France. And uh, researchers say they believe the cave dwellers there were some of the earliest homo sapiens to arrive in that region. All right. Thanks That's where so 2001 much. started. They started with a weapon, <laughs> they, they never the stopped. And they, and they kept on going. That's right. Okay, so you know how my brain, it, yours also, Candy, I know works in weird ways. And then sometimes you come up with a, with an idea and you just can't get rid of it and then yeah. you got to say it. Okay, so here goes. You ready? <laughs> You're not going to play that clip, are you? No, oh, okay. no, 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 no. It's <laughs> like, eh. no. It's yeah. funny, though. Well, he was telling this very serious story about these horrible charges against R. Kelly. Yes. You know, and yes. terrible. Um, what my brain was doing was thinking, you know, what street demonstration protest chant you don't hear? Who's Kelly? R. Kelly. <laughs> Sorry, I. <can't. laughs> just, yeah, I know. Freshing out on. on the kitchen. Five. Here's a story about Wizen. <laughs> yeah, I know. I hate R. Kelly. What a horrible man. Five fifty-five here on News Radio ninety-two-three. Uh, sometimes funny. Um, well, <laughs> no. Oh, I thought this was fascinating. There was a study. There's always a study. There, there's honestly, there's always a study. This study. Headline, uh, the uh, smartest, or the, sorry, the highest paid are not necessarily always the smartest. Duh. Duh. Have you not met people? Yeah. <laughs> you know, no, not but at think, ADX. I think that it's <laughs> funny here because, you know, the, the headline is that, this, you know, they, they do this study survey and what they yes. do is they, they go to people, 60,000 men. Okay. Of course they study men. Well, it's Sweden, so whatever. Um, they took standardized intelligence tests which I'm already skeptical because I think the IQ test is uh, really misunderstood and grossly overrated as a measure of intelligence because there are so many dimensions of intelligence, and we all know this now, but still, okay. Um, the, the IQ tests measure your rapidity of very specific uh, nonlinear problem-solving skills is basically what it, you know, your, your sort of on-the-moment creativity for things. And Speed is not necessarily a great measure of intelligence, frankly. A lot of people uh, come up with better solutions. It just takes some time. Uh, they come up with better solutions than the so-called high IQ people. Any, just long, lots of thoughts about the IQ test. Anyway, um, they studied these folks, and uh, then they looked at their career earnings. Okay, and they uh, they had applied these tests as part of mandatory military service. So I guess you go into the military in Sweden. They have one. Um, you go in the military, and they give you an IQ test as a mandatory part of doing that and so then they were able to take that data and cross-reference it to subsequent career earnings with these men and um, they saw that higher intelligence did translate to higher wages but only up to a threshold of around $57,000 meaning that if you were higher IQ you would make more but after that about $60,000 threshold the correlation weakened and in fact, the highest 1% of earners, based on their study, uh, scored lower on IQ tests than those making significantly less in the income groups below them. And so, to me, this is not even remotely surprising, and, and I'll tell you why. Number one is um, the characteristics that make you be a very high-income earner are completely unrelated to IQ. 
They are, I mean, IQ might benefit you. It might hinder you. It's things like diligence, persistence, rudeness, ambition, how well you understand people, which is a whole different kind of IQ than like creativity on the IQ test kind of stuff. Um, So to me, this is no surprise whatsoever. Also, you know, high IQ people oftentimes, um, they don't want to do, they're not that risk taker type that's going to be the high income earner. You know, risk aversion is a major factor in whether you make a lot of money. Absolutely. Yeah. And so anyway, just, I thought, I mean, I thought it was interesting because you tend to think, you know, hey, high IQ should be high income. No. And there's just all kinds of other factors to it. And I just, I'm like, oh, so you're trying to figure this thing out that's really not hard to explain at all if you know people. <laughs> but, you know, when you don't know people, it's harder. 437-162558 on News Radio 92.3. What else do we have going on? Um, no, I already talked. I talked about that yesterday a bunch. Um, oh, this. Okay. I'm not going to dwell on this because it's an awful story, and I don't typically like to dwell on awful stories, but there's an execution slated for tonight in the state of Florida. One, It'll be the 100th, apparently, and um, this execution, uh, since we started doing a lethal injection, and the guy's name is uh, Donald David Dilbeck, and uh, he appealed to the Supreme Court, and the Supreme Court ignored him, and, and rightly so. The appeal was based on the allegation that his behaviors would be not culpable because he had early exposure to alcohol as a child. Um, it's NDPAE is the condition, uh, which is a prenatal alcohol exposure is the idea of that. And therefore, his um, culpability is diminished under the Eighth Amendment. Well, this is a guy who, like, you know, he shot a sheriff's deputy when he was 15. And when he was in 21 years or 11 years later, he walked away from a work crew and stabbed a woman to death in her car. Yeah, I have no objection to this being the death penalty. There's just not a problem here. And this effort to get him out of it was absurd. Local news every hour and breaking news when it matters most. News Radio 92.3, WNRP, Golf Breeze, Milton, Pensacola.